when I took my shirt off, my little sister called. And, uh, you know, I couldn't understand what she was saying at first, you know. And uh, she was like, um, she was saying that um, she was bleeding. She, her exact words were she was bleeding out, bleeding out, bleeding out, bleeding out. to be sharing some of the cases that keep me up at night and I want you to tell me if you think justice was served or nah. Welcome back to Justice or Not. As always, I'm bringing you cases that are near and dear to my own heart. This case is special to me because it actually involves a friend of mine. Mercutio Southall is a highly recognized activist. He supported the Black Lives Matter Birmingham movement, but you might remember him as the activist that was roughed up at the 2015 presidential rally held in the city. When Mercutio was arrested, he received a lot of support on social media. Today, we're going to hear his side of the story and we'll decide together if justice was served or not. While I was on the way to her, um, I, I was driving a, at the time it was a red um, F-150, uh, but it was a five-speed F-150. And uh, the driver's side door of my F-150 was tied shut. <laughs> um, so I, I couldn't get in the vehicle and drive with two hands and talk on the phone. But, you know, I put it on speaker on the seat and was trying to, I called her back to try to see what was going on. She was like, um, Arthur had a cutter. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? Um, Who was the author? Arthur was my mom's husband. Um, and it's also the person I shot. So uh, he said that he had cut her. He cut her and ran ran out of the house. And uh, I was like, why, you know, why didn't you call the police? And uh, honestly, you know, she said that um, she had warrants. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, but, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm on the way. So I get there. I get to the house and uh, I see the police um, in my mom's front yard. Um, so when I see the police in my mom's front yard, you know, obviously I'm thinking that they're there for Arthur. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because she, she didn't say that she uh, she's not with the police. You know, she didn't call the police on him. You know what I'm saying? Um, she just didn't want to interact with the police. I saw the police in my mom's front yard, but I didn't see my little sister. So I called her and uh, she was sitting on um, on the side of my mom's house at a church because, <sighs> again, she had warrants. So um, I drove up to where she was and uh, she was sitting on the steps of the church. She saw me. She started walking down the steps. She was stumbling a little bit. Um, I put the truck in uh, neutral and I was about to put it in the park and get out. Um, again, remember my, my driver's side door was shut, um, tied shut. So I would have to get out of the passenger side to help her. Uh, but when I was doing that, she came on, she went ahead and made it to the truck and, uh, I helped her in and, uh, I sat there for a second, you know, to compose myself. Um, and I said, let me see it. She, you know, was hurting and a little bit in shock, but she pulled it, pulled the, she had a white jacket. Um, she pulled the jacket away from her face, like super slow. And uh, it looked like, you know, to me, 
at the time when I saw it, it looked like a alien, you know, you know the movie Aliens. Um, it looked like an alien had bust out of her nose. But in actuality, he had he had put the knife in her nostril. Um so I can see um well I can see all that. And uh so I looked and uh while I'm sitting there with my sister, you know, like I'm I'm trained. So the whole time I'm 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 doing triage. So I'm like, okay, well, she's talking to me, so um the blood isn't draining down her throat and nose. She's not nauseous, so she's not swallowing blood. I'm like, she's still conscious. So she it didn't, it must have not, you know, cut that sinus artery right there because, you know, if it cut the artery, she we did, you know, or bleeding out. And the reason that was important because I was like, I didn't know whether I was gonna take her to the fire department or I was gonna try to take her to uh I was gonna take her to the hospital. Um fire department has life life saving stuff there too, you know what I'm saying? And if you if you're if you're in an emergency, you can go there and get medical life-saving equip, uh, life-saving stuff done faster than you go to a hospital that's further away. Then you got to factor in ER and all that, all that jazz. And so, why are like, you so, like, why are you so knowledgeable about the difference between the fire department and the, the hospital? And what does it mean when blood is draining? So like, how did you get all of this knowledge? Um, I train like all the time. Um, and you know, I think, yeah. And like I told you personally, like I I consider myself like a warrior scholar. I don't, you know, a lot of people uh, see the videos of me in the woods and stuff like that. Um, but they don't see the videos of the books. So I decided that, you know, more than likely, like, it's just a vascular wound. It's just a flesh wound. Um, but you know, flesh wounds, um, facial wounds bleed a lot and she's a female, you know, so. Um, any female uh, getting uh, facial laceration, uh, like, oh, my face, <laughs> you know. So uh, I decided that, um, you know, I'd go ahead and take her to the emergency room instead of the fire department because I, I didn't feel like her life was in danger. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like she was going to die from it. And so I um, I went down uh, First Avenue and, you know, that Chevron gas station that's over there on the left-hand side of the road. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I was at that light by the Kennedy. And uh, that's important also because, you remember, I said a police car was in my mom's front yard when I pulled mm-hmm. up. There was also a police car sitting at the Chevron. Um, that they, they always sit at that Chevron. So um, I was talking to my sister, and I was like, you know, hey, so what did mom say about all this? And she was like, she hadn't been able to get in contact with mom. So I'm like, you know, what do you mean? So uh, I called mom and, uh, you know, I remember because she, it pissed me off uh, because she sounded so perky. Um, she was like, hey, son. And I'm like, hello. Um, why is my little sister um, bleeding all over my truck and saying that your husband did it? And uh, she was like, what? And I was like, uh, you hurt, you hurt me. And then she was like, what again? And again, I was angry at the time. Um, so I was like, you heard what the f- I said, <laughs> you know, uh, why is my sister bleeding all over my truck? And she was like, Terrell, I don't know nothing about that. I don't know um, what you're talking about. And uh, around this time, I, I can hear um, Arthur in the background 
Uh, I could hear him cursing, cursing and yelling. And uh, when I heard him cursing and yelling, automatically, like, I'm like, I'm sitting up like, uh, why do I hear your voice? Like, what are the police doing? So it, it registered to me then, like, you know, the police might not have been their father. You know what I'm saying? They might, they might not have been dealing with Arthur. Um, I hear this, and uh, he's saying, uh, he said, get off the phone. And uh, I heard my cousin saying, chill, 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 stop. And so, like, right there at that light, the light had changed, just changed the green anyway, thankfully. But I didn't care. You know, so I made a U-turn right there at the light. And I knew that the police at the gas station, I knew they were going to see me. They had no choice but to see me. I was right there. I'm in a red truck. My truck is loud. It's a five-speed. Like, you're going to see me. So I blow and wave my hand anyway. Like, hey, yo, come, hey, yo, come, you know, come with me, come with me. Um, and uh, they don't move, of course. <laughs> they don't move at all, which I found, uh, well, you know. So I'm trying, I'm rushing, trying to get back to my mom's. And uh, she screamed. And that's what, like, I heard her scream um, in the midst of all else was going on. You know, I dropped the phone. Like I said, I couldn't drive with, it's a it's a five-speed, <laughs> you know. So I dropped the phone. I drive back around there. And when I pull up, I'm seeing, like, uh, my mom's van is parked in the backyard. It wasn't there initially. And I'm seeing flashes by her face. And uh, I see Arthur and Curtis, like, fighting but Arthur's in the van and I'm seeing the flashes by her face so I'm thinking that he's in there like slashing a knife at her and Curtis is trying to pull him, pull him away you know and who is Curtis? Uh, Curtis is my cousin and he uh, he stayed there with my mom at the time uh, too um, a couple of my family members stayed at the house so uh, he was trying to pull Arthur away from the van but Arthur was kind of strong you know like Arthur was kind of country. And then, you know, honestly, he was on drugs um, at the time. So uh, Curtis wasn't able to keep him all the way out of there, but he was he was giving it all he had, you know. Um, so I had to, I pulled past him almost all the way to the front yard. And uh, I, put, I turned my truck off. I had to help my sister get out first. And then I ran to the backyard. Um, I ran to the backyard. The police were right there. Uh, the police were in the front yard, like literally in my mom's front yard. So I'm like, I'm like, help, you know, like, and I, I run, you know, I take off running. Um, I know, like, again, like my truck was maybe parked 15, 20 feet away from them. And I know that I'm a fairly loud individual, but, you know, nothing. Uh, but I, I took off running, you know, because I wasn't, I mean, honestly going to wait on, uh, Nobody to save them, you know, like I'm here, you know what I'm saying? I ran to the backyard. Um, Curtis and Arthur was still fighting. I, I thought it was a, at the time I thought it was a machete because I could, I could tell there was a weapon, but it was dark. Um, they were, they were fighting over um, the weapon and uh, Curtis was not like uh, winning. Um, so Arthur had got behind Curtis and uh, Curtis made a sound like, um, I don't know if you've ever been in the gym 
and like you heard somebody lift the weight that was too heavy and like got real and they're trying to they doing everything they can to get it off of them because you know they might die if they don't like that's that's the sound that he made that's the only way i know how to how to equate it so i was really i was really fighting that he was about to kill my cousin you know i see i saw um i saw my sister's face um i see i saw my sister's face and i saw him slashing i thought he was slashing at my mom and i saw him fighting over the weapon um, like I said, I, I thought that he was about to kill my cousin, but, um, I don't know. And I still don't know, honestly, whether, uh, Curtis moved or whether Arthur threw Curtis out of the way. I'm not sure, honestly, but Arthur like stepped toward me, you know, with the weapon and, uh, I stepped back and unholstered my weapon and, uh, he advanced. He kept advancing. So um, I, um, I fired two shots. Um, I fired two shots, and it was uh, so. My mom's van, a tree, my cousin, um, were all right there in my lines, lines of fire. You know, um, my mom and her van were to my left. Arthur and Curtis were more like at my 12 o'clock directly in front of me. And my sister was out there as well as the neighborhood or whatever. I fired, I fired two shots. And soon as I fired, um, he, he turned and ran saying, I'm, uh, I'm shot. I'm shot. And, uh, once he ran away, I reholstered my weapon and I, I checked, um, I was trying to check my cousin's hands because I thought they were fighting over a machete. You know what I'm saying? So I'm checking here for lacerations, um, but I didn't find any. And I tried to go check on my mom, but uh, she was kind of in shock. So uh, she had pulled off. And then I looked at my, I looked for my sister and I saw her and she was like, well, just walking up the road. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to kill her. So I, I ran. I was like, Margaret, Margaret. And I got her. I started yelling, help Ben, because, again, the police were in the front yard. Um, I started yelling, help again, because I didn't want them to, uh, well, kill us. You know, I knew, you know, that was a high probability. So I told my, my cousin and my sister to put their hands up and to walk wide around the building so they could see us way before they get back there, which they did, both did. And uh, once the police got to us, um, they got to they got to my cousin first, and then they got to me. And uh, when they were about to go to my sister, you know, I told them no, um, no, she's injured. That's the reason why I'm here. That's the reason why I shot him. Like he cut her nose off her face, um, and he was trying. He was fighting with my cousin, trying to get to my mom, and then he came after me. That's why I shot him. And so at this time, the police look at my sister's face, and they like go. Oh, you know, like literally that was his, that was his reaction. He kind of, uh, jerked. And, uh, then they started slowing down and looking around, you know, like, okay, well maybe this isn't, you know, uh, what we thought it was. Let's see what's going on. So from and, here, uh, I want you to take me to, you have been arrested. For the first two days afterwards, I was on the 48 hour hold on the cell. 
I mean, in this cell in Birmingham jail, they had maggots in the wall. I thought it was quite interesting. Um, had maggots in the wall and gnats in there. Um, but I was in there by myself for two days. They didn't let me use uh, the phone or anything like that. Um, take my medicine with me. <laughs> and then when I got out of there, they released a 48-hour hold to decide whether or not they were going to charge me or say that it was uh, justified. And that's when it went from manslaughter to murder. And then they took me to the county. And when I, when I was in the county, I was on the news. So, of course, they put me in there with all the felons um, because, you know, that's where they put people that, you know, shoot people, I guess. Um, while I was on the news and uh, some of them decided, you know, while I was in there that uh, they were going to win their stripes. Um, because they, you know, they saw me on the news as being an activist. And I was like, you know, I'm I'm kind of on the same floor you're on, buddy. Um, you might want to rethink that. But they were like, there were people like literally not just like inmates. There were like deputies in there trying to pick fights with me. They didn't give me any bedroll uh, when they put me in there. Um, they just like, told me to go and like sit on the floor. Like I didn't have any mattress, any, any, any of the stuff that you're supposed to get while you're going to jail. And uh, my cellmate asked them about it and they thought it was me. So they started screaming like, stop, oh, ain't nobody say nothing, you know? Hey, don't, don't nobody care nothing about it. I was like, I, you know, I didn't say nothing. So I started laughing cause you know, <laughs> that's me. And uh, they end up, like real crazy. Like they were trying to um, get together a protection detail for me while I was in, uh, while I was in jail. So I woke up to flooding feeds of, I support Mercutio. Like, tell me about that day. I did go on Facebook and uh, I saw all the, you know, I stand with Mercutio and all the people telling uh, stories about I saved this person doing that and that person doing this, whatever. And, uh, you know, to be honest, like, you know, uh, if I'm being honest, it made me feel some kind of way, you know, um, because I, I've taken a life. And, uh, you know, like I tell people all the time, you know, I'm not really, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a decent person. Like, I don't want to, even when I'm teaching uh, classes, um, teaching people how to shoot, um, handle weapons and everything, I always tell people, you know, I really hope that you uh, never have to use this. Uh, but if you do, um, I hope that you use it successfully um, to defend yourself and your family, you know. And, uh, you know, that's what, that's what happened, you know. Even though I train people, I still had to uh, tell myself that because uh, I never wanted to use, uh, I never wanted to use my skills. Uh, I hate to say it like that, but I never wanted to use my skills against my people, you know? Um, right. This case was interesting because I was, of course, emotionally invested, like I stated earlier. Mercutio is a friend of mine. But it's also important to note that when this incident took place, it took place in private with no true bystanders. And it is no secret that Mercutio has had a strained relationship with local law enforcement. 
He's always been seen as a controversial figure in the community. So I was curious to see how this would all shake out. Eventually, the case was dismissed by the trial judge and Mercutio cannot be rearrested on this issue. Do you think justice was served or not? Nah? Let me know in the comments. Here's what Mercutio thinks. What was the consequence, right? Because this, this has been a long drawn out process. This is like years ago, right? Like years ago, you called me. You're like, hey, this is what's going on in my life. So here we are. Is it three years later, two years later? Where are we? Almost four. Four Late years later. Four. So like defending your family, what did it cost you? Oh, man. Like um, the inability to work. Like I was I mean, pretty much ostracized. Like I uh, said, people, people are like, um, yes, protect black women and stuff, but not like that, you know? And I'm just sitting there like, man. So I, I stopped. Um, it was already hard to provide for myself anyway, because people like, hell no, nah, I ain't hired that <laughs> And uh, even getting business started, you know, ain't, ain't too many places uh, willing to give out loans to people like me or, um, all that jazz, and then uh, every time I get something accumulated, seems like I get a, get arrested or some crap like that, and just lose everything all over again. So, like in that that particular instance, you know, I lost my I lost my job. Uh, I was actually working at Caps, uh, like downtown. I lost my job. I lost my place to stay. I lost my vehicle. The police took my vehicle. And then they, they released it to the impound yard and didn't tell me. So <laughs> so by the time I found out, it was already a couple of thousand dollars uh, in and I couldn't do nothing about it. Um, the detective, uh, and, you know, saying that for a reason, like all, all of them really. And that's, that's another reason why I'm talking to you instead of like uh, going to another media outlet or anything, because like, you know, they, they lied. Um, they lied and they perpetuated the lie. So, you know, being your friend and watching you, you know, systematically work to change the system and to, then to see the system work in your favor, how does that feel? What thoughts do you have about that? So a lot of people, people have been saying, you know, aren't you relieved? Aren't you happy? Don't you feel vindicated? All that jazz, like, it shouldn't have taken this long. It shouldn't have taken this long. The people that lied on me, something should happen to them, to me. Like, it, this has been four years of my life that I've been unable to provide, like, for myself, my family, my children, and able to buy my kids freaking shoes when I want to or take them out to the woods, like, all that crap. And the police, um, in the in the article, in the initial article that they wrote, uh, when it happened, the police said they were saying that I fired like five, six shots. They said that they saw me get out of the driver's side of my vehicle, which was a lie. Um, obviously, remember I told you the door was tied shut. Um, in the police articles, they even said my truck was blue. They lied so so many different times; it was ridiculous. But all those, all those lies that they told, 
even when I did go to court, the detective was still up there lying. And I, I was only hearing half of it, if I'm, if I'm being totally honest. Um, my, my little sister, uh, my triplet sister, um, had just died a couple of weeks before. And uh, Margaret, the sister that called me that night, um, she was looking a lot like Jessica, uh, my sister that died, you know. Uh, so I was at court, um, you know, just from Arthur's family being there, you know, my little sister um, just, just recently died. And then, like, seeing uh, Margaret um, up there and my other little sister, Constance, my other triplet sister, um, they were in court. So uh, I was like, I couldn't hear for part of the court proceedings. Like, I literally couldn't hear because I was just like, I was just seeing my sister, you know? So, yes, I do feel like, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm happy, I guess, that I don't have to face jail time, I guess. But at the same, <clears throat> same time, I'm looking around at like Kyle Rittenhouse and uh, like that. I'm looking at that situation and how it was adjudicated <laughs> to the point to where like he picked his own jurors. Um, he got a he got a fair speedy trial, <laughs> you know, and uh, able to pick his own jurors. He even had lunch for the judge. <laughs> so. Yeah, I am like, you know, like I said, you know, I guess relieved that I don't have that hanging over my head. And I guess people don't have this as an excuse uh, not to hire me um, anymore. But uh, I was just only looking to get hired so I can get my own business back together anyway. So now that I don't have uh, this hanging over my head or whatever, that's exactly uh, what I plan on doing. listening if you want to talk more about this case meet me in the facebook group where i've posted some discussion questions you can follow me on nappy thoughts across all social media platforms you can also rate and share this episode if it's worth it we'll chat soon this is an aisha adams media production i can't do it